0: episode 40 with Ari Bloom,
1: The Online Course Guy Podcast.
0: Regular people are taking their knowledge and content and packaging it up in an online course and they're making a living doing it. Didn't you take some kind of course that covered this stuff?
1: You should check it out. It's a good course. It's a good class. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Here's the Online Course Guy, Jacques Hopkins. Let's go, go, go.
0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Jacques Hopkins here, and I'm so excited about episode 40 and kind of a new format to the podcast, doing some rebranding, doing some new things here. So we've got a new intro, you may have noticed, and we're gonna be coming at you with a little higher frequency. I've been doing a lot more of these interviews with people. I, I find myself enjoying sitting down, or, or in my case, standing up, and, and talking to these other successful course creators as just the highlight of my day. And so I'm trying to do it more and more, and I think it's beneficial for me personally just to find out other people's stories and what's working for them and what's not working for them. So beyond just publishing podcast episodes, there's there's a lot of advantages and a lot of fun to doing these interviews. So I'm upping the frequency as well. Also have some new sponsors f- starting with episode 40 and going forward for the foreseeable future. So I want to tell you about those now first. This episode is brought to you by Bonjour. Bonjour is one of my favorite tools that I use if you've been listening to this podcast, you probably know that I use a lot of different software tools, little services online that help me run my online course. I'm big in automation and outsourcing, but Bonjora doesn't help me with either of those things. It helps me with my customer relationships and my customer onboarding, and if you are selling anything online, or if you're selling anything at all, if you have any sort of business, then I highly recommend you use this tool, Bonjora. What I, u- what I do with it is every time I sell my Piano in 21 Days course. I sell multiple copies every single day. So what I do the very next morning, or every morning when I start my work, I log into Bonjoro, and I can see the people that bought my course the day before. And I start recording little Bonjoros for them. And what, what it is is just a little 15 to 30 second video with me on camera. And I'm just thanking that person, calling them out by name, and just telling them how much I appreciate them signing up for my course. And that I'm here for them if they need anything, wishing them good luck and people really, really, really appreciate receiving these Bonjoro. So I highly encourage you to check out Bonjoro and you can get a free 14-day trial if you follow this link, bonjoro.com slash Jacques. That's bonjoro.com slash J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. And I also want to talk to you about ClickFunnels because ClickFunnels is another one of my favorite Software platforms that I use. And one reason I like ClickFunnels so much is that it allows me to do so many different awesome things in one platform. And if you have an online course or you're thinking about getting an online course or having an online course, you absolutely need ClickFunnels. Here's what I use it for I use it for building landing pages. So when people go to my website, I want to get their email address in exchange for something that I'm going to give to them. You need to build a landing page. I use it for order forms. If you're going to sell anything online, you need order forms, you need to have a way people can pay you money. And I use it for my membership site. So if you have an online course, you need a way to password protect the information inside your online course. ClickFunnels allows me to do all the all three of those things, do it very, very easily, very seamlessly. It's not very expensive. And before I used ClickFunnels, I had to use three completely different software packages to do those three things. So I just absolutely love ClickFunnels. And when you sign up through this link, I'm going to give you Three things. I'm going to give you my template for my full website. I actually, built my full Piano in 21 Days website just in ClickFunnels, and I will give you that template. I'll give you my order forms template, and I'll also give you my membership site template that I use for Piano in 21 Days. So when you go to theonlinecourseguide.com/slash ClickFunnels and sign up for your free trial there for ClickFunnels, you will get those three things from me. All right. So on the show today, I was with Ari Bloom, who is at Rad Tech Camp. Dot com he's got this course or this program on radiation technology being a being a radiation tech and we're going to jump into that conversation in just a second but before we do i wanted to share my favorite thing from the episode and it's when ari was talking about an uh, he, he had an analogy for like the first version of his course and he compared it to an airplane that could fly, but it didn't have all the things that normally come inside of an airplane. So let me, let's play that clip right now.
1: My analogy is basically I built an airplane that was only good enough to take off. (laughs) We got about 30,000 feet filled with passengers and realized there's no seats, there's no toilet, (laughs) there's holes everywhere. And so, (laughs) you know, it's, that that's kind of, we just, you know, that's just kind of my style. It's like, I didn't like Wait for this thing to be perfect and and all that stuff. I was just like, hey, we're just going to build this thing as fast as we can and just launch it. And, and so now, I wouldn't necessarily say it was the best strategy because we've had to do a lot of work to fix some some major issues. Uh, but it's you know we've been able to be cash flow positive since pretty much day one.
0: All right. So the reason I like this so much is because I often recommend to people that you you want to create a scrappy, scrappy, scrappy version first version of your course. you don't want to spend years creating the first version of your course and aiming for perfection because if you do that it'll just never get done. You want to create basically like the minimal viable course you know that's that's gonna work for people like in Ari's analogy one reason I like it so much is that the plane actually flies it actually takes off it flies it lands but it just doesn't have some of the nice features that normally come inside of a plane like uh, seats you know. But it flies it gets the job done and it's much better to have a minimal viable course for version one than to never have a course at all. So that's the reason I love the analogy so so much because it puts it it just puts it in such simple terms and he's a success story and that's the way that he did it and look if you ever saw version one of my course, my piano in 21 days course it's it was pretty bad. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing in terms of audio quality I didn't know what I was doing in terms of filming or even teaching on camera I didn't have much experience with you know the the camera was kind of crooked on the the overhead camera above my hands and you could barely hear what I was saying and when I would play piano the piano like that would drown out anything that I was saying but you know, it, it, was a, it was a good method to learn piano and people actually went through it and learned, but I got a ton of feedback from those initial people that signed up and that made version two that much better. And since I've redone my course four times and now that I was able to put together some scrappy versions first and get it out there and get feedback and get people results, today I'm just super proud of the course that I have, the version of the course that I have now and it would have never gotten to this point if I never would have put that first version out there. So thank you so much to Ari for providing that analogy. That is my favorite thing from this episode, but there are a lot of other great nuggets. So let's go ahead and jump into that conversation with Ari now. Hey, Ari, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Look, I I don't know much about like your topic. um, So why don't you just explain your business to me a little bit?
1: Sure. So, uh -uh. Our main flagship product is called radtechbootcamp.com. And so what we do is we provide video-based learning for radiography students. Those are students who are uh, studying to be x-ray techs. So, for example, if you go into a hospital and you – or say you hurt your your leg and you go into a hospital to get x-rays, that is an x-ray tech or a rad tech who's doing that. Uh, For the most part, every state, they have to have a state certification. And, uh, so our, our course, if you want to call it that we not only prepare students to pass all their classes, but to also pass their, uh, national, uh, review boards.
0: And which, what makes you qualified for this, Ari? I am
1: a x-ray tech. <laughs> That's okay. what makes you qualified. I say I'm a recovering x-ray tech, but I'm an x-ray tech nonetheless.
0: So how did you get the idea to, to take this, this training
1: online? Yeah. So it's kind of funny. So, you know, I I kind of, you know, went to school to become an x-ray tech and all that. I just really had this kind of passion for the medical field and things of that nature. And so, you know, it was one of those things, once I started kind of working in a hospital, I realized pretty early on that it's not something that I wanted to do long-term. I'm I'm very almost uh, like a A high-functioning (laughs) A-type. It's kind of my strength and my weakness. And so I really felt just as kind of like a run-of-the-mill x-ray tech that just kind of like the world was kind of passing me by. Uh, You just kind of go in, you have no say, you're just shooting x-rays all day. I mean, it's a great job. It's super, super fun. I got to see everything, learn a ton. It's a great job, don't get me wrong. Uh, But I was just kind of wanting more. So I I made the decision that I was going to try to be a uh, physician's assistant, which is typically a master's degree. And so I went, you know, kind of pursued that, got my bachelor's and all that stuff, did a bunch of prerequisites. And I started sitting for, you know, some interviews for some PA programs. Uh, while I was doing that, I got something in the mail that said I had to do my continuing education. So basically, anyone in the healthcare field has to do 24 hours of continuing education every year. So while I was, you know, working, trying to do these prerequisites, I got this thing saying, hey, you've got to do 24 hours of continuing education. Uh, Sorry, I'm just just spitting my gun out. (laughs) So at the time, so, okay, let me, yeah. So that happened. And so obviously I got online. I was like, I'm not, I don't want to read a bunch of books. I don't want to, you know, whatever, you know, like read a bunch of articles and take tests or whatever. It just usually takes a long time to do these. Uh, And so I was kind of looking online. Okay, what's the fastest way to do this? And basically I found a book. And at the end of the book was a test. <laughs> and basically, you take the test, you pass it, and then you get 24 hours of continuing education. I was like, all right, boom, I'm doing it, $80. So the book came, I was kind of flipping through, <clears throat> the test was an online thing. And so I was a pretty good student. Uh, but, you know, it had been a couple of years since I was in school. So I was wanting to, uh, I need to just kind of refresh my knowledge. So obviously, I didn't want to pull textbooks out. I was like, well, I'll just jump on YouTube and just watch a bunch of videos and you know just that will uh i'll refresh my knowledge that way uh and so you know i did that and then i realized man all these videos like suck they're horrible and what and then there was a lot of content that actually wasn't even on youtube and even just like doing like kind of just google searches there just wasn't a whole lot of stuff uh in the, there either so basically there was this, this pain point i was having there just wasn't really good information for this one kind of Uh, ecosystem, which is radiography. So at the time I was, you know, I've always been entrepreneurial. I mean, about, you know, a long, long time ago, I had my own recording studio. And even in like 2004, I had a URL to have a company that that I was going to like help make podcasts. I mean, just, you know, way before the podcasting ever. So I've always been entrepreneurial. Uh, And at the time I was actually reading a couple books on entrepreneurship and just kind of had these ideas, you know, just like a side hustle type thing. And so I kind of had this idea, well, hey, if there's nothing good on YouTube, maybe I'll just make a couple videos myself and see what happens. And so, you know, I kind of dusted my textbooks off, made a couple of videos. They were horrible, <laughs> but, uh, I put them up on a free, you know, a course website that kind of had like a freemium model. And then I went to Instagram and I was doing hashtags with like radiography student, x-ray student, things of that nature. And basically just saying, Hey, you know, if anyone's interested, here's these, you know, five or six free videos, check them out. So within about a month or two, uh, within about, yeah, about one or two months, maybe about, yeah, two and a half, three months, I had like 350 people watching the videos and 350 email addresses. So I was like, huh, this is interesting. Th- this There's a little bit of uh, traction here. So I kind of started contacting some of my old instructors and saying, Hey, I want to make sure this stuff is peer reviewed. Will you, you know, can we meet at like a coffee shop and you, you know, look over some of the videos, make sure everything is right and all that good stuff. And so after a couple meetings with them, it always end with them saying, this is amazing. Would you ever want me to like be a part of this? So I was like, wow, I'm getting all this really, really good feedback. Uh, and at the time I was still kind of sitting for these, you know, some of these uh, physician's assistant programs. So there was one physician's assistant program in, uh, <clears throat> In North Dakota, which was kind of like a distance thing where, you know, you go there for a, a couple weeks and you come home and all that stuff. I didn't really want to do that anyways because I, you know, I'm married. I have kids. So that would have been really hard on the family. So I went up there to interview and I really kind of told myself, I said, you know, if I don't get into this program, I'm just going to go full, full on with Rad Tech Boot Camp. And so I, I did not get in, which was a good thing. Because I probably would have had to drop out. Because about three months after me not getting in, I found out that we were having our third child. So uh, I, I wouldn't have been able to leave my wife uh, with three kids at home, all, all under the age of uh, six, by the way.
0: <laughs> wow! So, look, there's a, there's a lot to unpack there. And one of the biggest things I'm curious about at this point is the timing of everything. So, yeah, when was it that you put those first videos on YouTube? And you know, when was it when you didn't get didn't
1: get accepted into this program? Uh, it was all about the same time. So that was, that was about October, 2016. Okay. So not, we're not talking too, too long ago. No. Yeah. I mean, this is, yeah, this has only been happening for a while. Uh, and so basically January, uh, no, yeah. January, 2017 was basically when I said, you know what, I'm going to do this and I'm just going to go full bore. I'm not going to do the PA thing anymore. This is, this is what I'm going to do. And so I kind of, you know, shook the tree of a family member who gave me a little bit of startup capital. I, you know, brought in uh, kind of like a co-founder, although he, he didn't end up being with the company, but he was kind of helped. So I brought in a co-founder, just kind of started planting the seeds. And that's just kind of where we're at today. So things have kind of evolved uh, quite a bit. But, yeah, just to sum up, I mean, now, you know, we're we're over, you know, five figures uh, a month and we're growing uh, every month. And we just have all sorts of new stuff, new cool things happening. So that's kind of the synopsis.
0: Great, great. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you, you, you sense that there was demand for this just based on your own experience and looking around. And you started by just throwing a couple of videos out there. And those videos helped you capture 350 email addresses. And that yeah. just validated the whole idea and, and made you want to move
1: forward with the business? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like the Tim Ferriss model. It's like scratch your own itch, you know? It wasn't me, you know, I was kind of wanting to do something entrepreneurial and I wasn't looking outside of the domain that I was already an expert of. I wasn't saying, well, hey, let me try to learn something new and then create a course around that. It was like, hey, I'm an x-ray tech. I've kind of, you know, understand the concepts for the most part. And I know there's nothing like this within this whole ecosystem. And if I need this, I'm sure there's a lot of other people who need this as well. And and it's just, it's, it's been, uh, that thesis has come true both from a B2B standpoint and also from a, a, a B2C standpoint.
0: Oh, cool. Okay. So you you realized this demand and you decided to move forward with the business and the course or courses. What were the steps that you take took to actually develop things, like develop a product that you could actually sell and make money online?
1: Yeah. So my analogy is basically I built an airplane that was only good enough to take off <laughs> we got about 30,000 feet filled with passengers and realized there's no seats, there's no toilet, <laughs> there's holes everywhere. And so, you know, it's, that, that that's kind of, we just, la- you know, it's just kind of my style. It's like, I didn't like wait for this thing to be perfect and, and all that stuff. I was just like, Hey, we're just going to build this thing as fast as we can and just launch it. And, and so now I wouldn't necessarily say it was the best strategy because <laughs> We've had to do a lot of work to fix some some major issues, uh, but it's you know we've been able to be cash flow positive since pretty much day one.
0: Yeah. So what what is it like? What is your main offering? Do you have a wide range of courses? Do you offer? Do you have one main offering? Do you have a live training component? What is it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're we're not a standard. It's kind of to call us a course is is not really a hundred percent accurate we're more of a learning resource. So, so of course you kind of think about, okay, you know, I I don't know how to play guitar. I would like to learn how to play guitar. I start with, you know, lesson one, which is maybe the strings. Lesson two is the chords. And then you progress from there. The way we are, we're more kind of flexible. So, so we have basically everything that a student would need to not only pass within the context of their radiography program, but to also, you know, pass their boards. So we have, Everything from how an x-ray is created, uh, what's the effects of radiation in your body, uh, the, the way you position a patient to take x-rays. And then we also have a whole mock exam component, which that's kind of what our competitors have. So what makes us unique from everything else is that we have these videos. Uh, but then so our mock exam is, is kind of just something you have to have. But, yeah, so our videos are the one thing that makes us completely unique within this whole radiography Uh, ecosystem.
0: And do people pay you a monthly fee for this? How does that work?
1: So we have, uh, so within our public, so essentially we have two websites, which I could argue if that was a good idea or a bad idea. So kind of stepping back a little bit, once we launched the website, probably about a month or two after that, I had a bunch of program directors within individual radiography uh, programs contact me and say, Hey, do you all sell academic licenses? So I'm like, of course we do. Yeah. <laughs> we did not. <laughs> so I was thinking, okay, what? How am I going to do this? And so I wanted to kind of create a different a different experience for the for the radiography programs as opposed to them on the normal website, the public facing website. Which in hindsight, it probably was not a good idea. But so basically, I I you know had my web developer just make a clone of the website that we had running. And I took off all the sales page. I took off uh, basically the homepage, the blog. I just left the content and basically a sign-in window. And so I started selling academic licenses. So so getting back to your question, from our public-facing website, we do a a monthly reoccurring. You can do three months for $75 or a year for $199. And from our academic licenses, we sell 18 months of access and uh, 26 months of access and it's basically half the price, you know, like a discounted rate from what you'd have on the public facing website.
0: And the, the so the public facing website site, that's the radtechbootcamp.com. Yep. Right. And mm-hmm. that's like, if I was interested in being a radiation tech yep. and wanted to go through that process, that that's where I would go. But if you're, if you're selling this, this other site is for like schools that want to offer this program. Is that correct?
1: Yep. yep. So yeah, the other side is more just kind of segregated. So you know, we don't obviously, there's no like SEO attached to that. There's, you know, we really don't have it like site mapped. We, we never run ads to that, anything like that's just kind of its its own little place just for x-ray students to go who, who have not took their own credit card out and purchased it, but they've got it. They've, they're able to access it through their school saying, Hey, we want to buy 26 licenses or something of that.
0: nature." Okay. So you mentioned the airplane analogy, which I really like. And it's funny the way you were describing your particular situation where the, there was no bathrooms or holes everywhere. So looking back, what would you have done differently and what would the airplane have looked like? It, just kind of looking back and and
1: doing things differently, knowing what you know now. Uh, probably nothing. Uh, <laughs> what I would have done is I brought somebody in who I thought initially who I kind of trusted. And this was kind of a big thing for me as a founder is I brought somebody in to make con content and, and, really was completely hands off and saying, okay, well, I'm sure whatever they're doing is great. I'm not even going to pay attention to it. And then realized, you know, after the plane was already launched uh, and then the, and and then the people riding in the plane started complaining about, you know, not there not being a bathroom and holes that, Oh shoot, maybe there's some issues with that. So the biggest mistake I made early on was just not being hands on uh, with every aspect of my business. So, you know, there was a big lesson and it's something I've, I'm continually having to uh, learn and teach myself because, you know, I was bringing in my ex instructors and and people who are professional, professional in the field. So I was like, well, what can I bring to the table? These are people who are do this every day, but even though they're great people and they know their stuff, they didn't necessarily have my vision. And so I, I I need, I kind of dropped the ball in that regard.
0: And you mentioned getting some startup capital from a family member when you were just starting out. What was the, what was the point of that? Like, what did you use that for? And, and the reason I'm asking is because typically I'll tell people, you know, st- having an online program is is very, there's very little startup cost, and that's one of the advantages to it. So what yes. is it in your particular niche that you felt like you needed some startup capital for?
1: Yeah. So, and that's again, kind of how we're different. So, you know, if I was just creating a course whatever that course may be, how to knit, how to garden, whatever, then you probably don't need, it's more just like a sweat, a sweat equity thing. Cause you're, you know, you're creating blogs, you're doing content right. marketing and all that stuff. So for me, it's a, it was a little different. So what I wanted to do is I really wanted to differentiate ourselves. I wanted people when they typed in rad tech bootcamp to see a website that looked web one web 2.0, if you want to call it that, because all our competitors, their websites just looked like web 1.0, you know, just like really bad, like from, you know, maybe the 2000, 2001. And so I wanted someone when they typed in our URL and they saw our website, they're like, Oh dude, this is amazing. This, this stuff must be incredible. And so that money went to, to, uh, having, you know, a really good website built. Also I had to, you know, pay for, uh, you know, obviously people to create the content, help me create the content and just, you know, doing some you know, just the normal like pay-per-click, Google stuff. And and uh, I was doing a little traveling, going to conferences, which I'm still doing, going to conferences, selling uh, from that regard. So I spent, you know, I spent more I spent more money than I probably needed to. Uh, but you know.
0: What where how are people finding you today? What's, what's your traffic sources?
1: Yeah, so as we sit right now, we are actually not in a growth phase because we're trying to port over to a new platform. So we're hundred percent just kind of doing build and product. And so our, uh, acquisition cost is basically zero. So we are able to, uh, do some really good content marketing within our blog. And so that was, we we're, you know, uh, our website has just got some issues. That's why we're kind of moving everything over. Our load times got really, really slow. So that really dinged us for SEO, but kind of, uh, before all that happened, we were ranking, you know, top four, top five, some of the best organic keywords. Just really building out a really good uh, Facebook presence within our page. Uh, obviously, doing some Instagram, and then we start. I put I started putting up a, a probably about maybe thirteen or fourteen of our best videos, just looking at analytics through Wistia, what, or Wistia, what videos people were watching the most, putting those videos up on YouTube. Also, uh, as well as just doing some SEO stuff with, you know, like a third party, whatever uh, uh, SaaS product you might use, uh, SEO Moz or something like that, typing in like, you know, for example, there's something within radiography called the anode heel effect. And that really gives people a hard time. And so you can type in anode heel effect and say, oh, wow, you know, 12,000 people a month are typing this in. Okay, well, let me put an anode heel effect video on YouTube, because YouTube is the second highest search engine. So we've done that, and our YouTube channel is, I think, a little over 1,000, which is pretty good, and, and we, I think we get a ton of sales from that. So, you know, all of our sales for the most part is organic, but the cool thing is what we're doing is so unique and really so good at this point is, is we just it's just really viral growth. We so, have oh, – oh, sorry.
0: No, go, go right ahead. Keep going.
1: Yeah, so, you know, for the most part, somebody will find us an x-ray tech <clears throat> or a student and then they will go into their class and say, hey, have you heard about RadTech Bootcamp? This is amazing. We have videos. And then five or six of their students uh, or their classmates, you know, they, they sign up. And then they go advocate to their program director. Hey, this is awesome. Can we get this for our program? So then the, the program director contacts me and I sell licenses to them. So, you know, it's, it's just kind of one of those things. We really have such good product market fit, not only from a public-facing standpoint, but also from a B2B-facing standpoint that it's kind of really makes my job easy. Cause most of the sales calls are like, okay, how much do you want? And when are you going to pay me? You know, yeah. because there's just such a need for this.
0: Well, you mentioned that you're not, you're not like in a growth state right now, just because you've got some technical issues, you're moving things over. Yeah. But once that's all resolved, it sounds like you will be in a growth mindset. And I'm excited to hear where you're going to be in like six months, 12 months from now, because you're, I mean, you're new to this game. A lot of people I have on the show have been around for Four five, six, even ten or fifteen years, and yeah. you, you're. We're talking like, you know, less than two years that that you've been going at this, maybe closer to one year. Um, so with with that much like word of mouth and and Google presence and all that, um, it sounds like you're ready to to just explode. Not that you're not successful already.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I won't give numbers, but I mean, just to put it in perspective, within eight months of us being launched, we were five figures. Yeah, monthly. So yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, you, you mentioned that five figures monthly uh, number. Like, what? As somebody that runs uh, an online program like you do, like, what are some of your monthly expenses that you do have to have to spend on it?
1: So, I have a slight SaaS addiction.
0: <laughs> Join the club, man.
1: <laughs> so basically, every SaaS product that's out there, I buy.
0: Yeah, just just so everybody knows that software is a service. So just yeah, like these fun. software tools online.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I just actually discovered Airtable which is so helpful. I don't know if you've, it's basically like a uh, spreadsheet on crack. So I've
0: seen ads for Airtable. table Why don't you tell me what it is?
1: Air table, uh, essentially it, it is a spreadsheet on steroids. So it does everything. Crack or steroids? <laughs> I think I'll do steroids. It's probably a little better. Uh, but yeah, it's just a really, really helpful tool uh, for just kind of like, uh, like uh, project management, things of that nature. So as we're kind of moving everything from this old, kind of uh platform to our new one i needed a way to to make sure okay are, are all the courses going over we have quizzes we're building out like flashcards and clickable images and we're redoing videos there's just a lot of moving parts and so Airtable is really really helpful because we can kind of very logical way to kind of uh to organize everything and then i'll also be able to use Airtable to uh really track better some of my business to business stuff. Cause, uh, I, you know, I use like a CRM and things of that nature, but, uh, there's just, you know, I, it's for the most part, it's just me running everything. And so I've just got so much input coming all day long. It's really hard to keep uh, everything in order. So that's kind of why I really lean on these SAS products. Uh, from a project management standpoint, I really like Asana. We use that. Uh, zendesk is great i would recommend everyone to use some sort of uh uh, chat app if they can integrate that within their platform because that's you just literally have it open on your desktop all day so and and i mean i've that thing pays for itself tenfold because i'll have someone ding me and say hey does your course do this or i have this question and so i can directly sell to them and then you can just watch on the side of zendesk them going through the funnel and it's like oh yeah there's a sale you know so That's really important. So it doesn't necessarily have to be Zendesk, but any kind of, uh, you know, kind of chat app is really, really helpful.
0: That's interesting. I want to ask you about that because I've seen those chat apps on on tons of different websites. And whenever I'm talking to somebody about it, I'm like, well, I, I don't want to put that on my website because... What if somebody sends a message at 10 p.m. and I just went to sleep and I'm not going to see it for 8, 10, 12 hours? And I feel like that's doing more harm than it is good. What do you think about that?
1: Well, so I can only speak about Zendesk because that's the one I use. So Zendesk has a feature where it can be kind of live where it's kind of like on real time. And then if you turn it off, then it just becomes more of like a uh, support thing. So somebody will just email, will, will type in through there, and then the next day, or whatever. Or for me, I'll get a ding on my on my cell phone, and so then it's like, yeah, obviously at nine o'clock or ten o'clock at night, if someone dings me and says, "Hey, something's not working," it's one of those things. Okay, the first thing in the morning, I'm going to follow up with them or something. So I'm not, yeah, it's one of those things. I don't want to be tied to it and be, you know, I used to have it in the early days. I was just all about, you know, customer support and 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 kind of having the best experience and and uh, from that regard. So yeah the 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 chat app would be dinging all day long, and my wife is like yelling at me because it's always like you know <laughs> I'm just texting you know all the because it's yeah for Zendesk it works on only on desktop but then it has like a a mobile app so you can kind of move back and forth so yeah
0: I, I'm I'm continuing to be intrigued by those because I see it more and more and then some integrate with Facebook Messenger I just I have a problem with the time thing and obviously we we could outsource it uh, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's something I'm looking into more and more. Yeah. So and the mentioned-
1: conversion rate is, is really, really good. Uh, yeah. But again, it's, yeah, it's, it's, do you want to spend that time capital? Uh, if not, it's still a really good way just to have for people to find a, a place like at the bottom of your screen with a little icon that says support uh, uh, besides them having to kind of search around and find like a, a link that says like email and then all that good stuff. So.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Well, you mentioned your wife just now. I mean, let, let's talk a little bit about like family and work balance. Um, you, sure. you mentioned having three young kids. Yeah. How do you manage the family with the, the new online business?
1: Uh, You know, it's kind of one of those things. I feel like I have a pretty good work uh, work life balance right now. So, you know, I, I just kind of treat this as a normal job. I sometimes, you know, I work at a co-work space. I don't really work from home cause that's not really conducive. Uh, So it's, you know, just like any other person, I kind of wake up, you know, my routine for the most part is I wake up at around 530, uh, do some, you know, jog or do a spin bike, things of that nature, Uh, maybe make breakfast for the kiddos two days a week, I take them to school. And then I'm usually here at the co workspace around anywhere from 730 to eight, then just work a full day till maybe 536. And maybe every once in a while, I'll come work on a weekend. But I mean, it's kind of one of those things. I, I feel like there's kind of the stigma where it's just like, oh, you got to work like these 12 hours. You know, it's kind of like the, you know, and no dissing like Gary Vanderchuk or whatever, but I think he's kind of made this thing. It's like, dude, you got to work 18 hours a day. If not, you're not going to be successful. Uh, and, and I don't, I don't necessarily a hundred percent agree with that. I think if you work smarter, not harder, you can actually work a an eight and a half, nine hour a day and just get a lot done. So.
0: Well, I think it's all—it uh, all depends on your definition of success. Because Gary Vandertruck, yeah. you know, he wants to buy the Jets one day. Yeah, and he's going to have to work those hours to probably get there. Uh, yeah. I have—I don't know about you, but I have zero aspirations of buying a professional uh, team. I just want to make a comfortable life for my family, and if, if I can do that and working only a couple hours a day, I'm good with it.
1: You know? Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. If I didn't have kids and a family, I would be like, I'd be like, yeah, Gary, let's do this. Like, I would, you know, I would be the, I would be the twelve, thirteen yeah. hour. Uh, I just, it's, it's one of those things. It's, you know, there's a saying that I really kind of fall back on. It's, it's, you know, I do not want to be successful at the things that don't matter. And so at the end of the day, what matters most is family, you know, my kids, you know, not a business. So I would much rather have a successful marriage and and kids who love me than a very successful business and kids who don't know my name and a divorce. So, you know, but that's just me.
0: I feel like I need to, to, to write that down and frame it and put it on my wall. That was beautiful.
1: Yeah. Appreciate it, man.
0: <laughs> so talk to me about the co workspace space because I see that's where you are right now. And yep, yep. I mean, I work from home. You know, we we probably have a, a similar kind of lifestyle because we both run online businesses. We both have young families, you know, wife. Um, what, what, were, what would be some reasons that you might recommend that I switch from home office to a co-work space?
1: All right. So. A co workspace for everyone who's listening to this podcast. This for a founder is the best hack that you can possibly have. Okay, so if you work at a coffee shop, you know you kind of go and you do that thing, or you work from home. You you are you are kind of insulated from everybody. When you work at a co workspace, you 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 kind of become the culture of the co workspace, and hopefully it's a good co workspace. This place is amazing. The the place I work. Within this place, and I, you know, I'm just an extrovert anyway, so I literally talk to a tree if there's one around. So I'm the type of person who just wants to introduce myself to everyone, talk to everyone. Hey, what are you doing? What's your job? What's your gig? So, kind of through having that, I've been able to make so many connections. So, I'll give you an example. There is, I was having this huge issue with a, with a mock exam thing. I was trying to find a, a, some sort of SaaS solution to do these mock exams, and I was spending like two days just searching everything online. I could not find anything. And so there was a guy who used to work at this co-work space and he does a lot of like, you know, uh, some, he, he, they had a startup. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the startup did, but I, he was a pretty smart guy. And so one day I was like, his name was John. I was like, John, dude, do you know of any good kind of out of the box solution for this mock exam thing? He's like, Oh yeah. Have you checked out ProProfs? And I, I, like, I had no idea that this company even existed and literally they were exactly what I needed. And I'm still using this to this, I'm still using them to this day. So that little, this, that one quick conversation, uh, was like, Oh, you just solved this huge problem I'm having. I didn't have to pay anyone to figure this out. It was literally, I already knew you were buddies, so I can just ask you this question. Uh, and so, you know, another example, there's another guy who works at this co workspace, and he's literally for this migration he's going to be kind of my, my short term CTO. And I've just met him through here. It's like, you know, one day I was asking, Hey, is there anyone who does website development? They're like, Oh yeah, this guy, Ethan. And he has been so incredibly helpful because we both work here every day. So if I'm having any issue, like with some email or stuff, I can just be like, Hey, is, is, can you do, you know, fix this for me and I'll give you some money (laughs) basically. So literally, I just have, there's a person here where anytime I'm having some technical difficulty or something, or, you know, needing like website design, he designed my website and it's incredible. He did such a good job. And so I wouldn't have made all these contacts if I wasn't in a co workspace. So that's why I'm saying it is like the number one best hack, unless you just have like a really good, you know, kind of network. But for someone like me, I didn't have one. And so continually, I just keep meeting people who you know, who not only we can just kind of talk about business stuff and, and things of that nature and strategies, but just people who here, who, who are just freelancers who do artwork and and all that good stuff where I can just tap them on the shoulder and say, Hey, let's just jump into a room. Let's have a quick meeting and see if this makes sense. And I'll pay you money because even though Upwork and Fiverr are great for me, I like to have more or less like one-on-one conversations. I like to draw things out on a board. I like to really sell the vision instead of just being like, write something out. Hey, I need a website. Can you make a website? I would more or less say, Hey man, this is my vision. I want you to be a part of this vision and be excited about it. Are you excited about it? Yeah. Okay, sure. Okay. Now do you want to create this thing? And then when they're excited about it, when when they create the, whatever it might be, they're going to create it with more enthusiasm. If you're just like some person who just wrote like, Hey, I just need a website or whatever that might be, or a logo design or something. So
0: that's awesome. I, I mean, I was thinking about a co workspace. Like the biggest advantage, just having some peace and quiet. You know, that's I didn't really think about just the, the social network and um, actually being beneficial. The other people of being potentially beneficial to your business.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, this co workspace is really cool. It's kind of you know in a regentrified area. I, uh, I live in Louisville, Kentucky. So again, it's just it kind of like I feel like hey, I actually have a job because I do have an office at my house but I was noticing I was just kind of like getting like myopic where you feel like, you know, is this really work? Like, am I actually working or am I just kind of in my basement tinkering? So the fact that I, and again, this is just for me, this is just the way my brain works. The fact that I kind of have to wake up, you know, take a shower, put on somewhat nice clothes, kind of like, you know, get my hair going uh, and then kind of go to this place where it kind of feels like an office, which I call it my office. It, it really helps me not only, Feel like okay, I'm not just tinkering, but like, hey, this kind of gets me encouraged and and gets me motivated to like do good work. Right on.
0: Okay, look, your topic is radiation uh, tech training, right? I've got a course on piano. There's just thousands of people with these courses on these random niches, and even more people than that that don't have a course but have some uh, knowledge on certain topics that could turn into a course that could help people out there. So for somebody out there that's got some sort of hobby or expertise that is thinking about doing some sort of online training program like you have, what advice do you have for that that person?
1: Yeah, I would, the first advice is uh, niches make riches. So sorry, my thing just dinged, (laughs) turn my messenger off. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things I think people, Kind of who are getting into it, and you probably have this same thing where you're like, hey, I want to make this course where everyone and their mother is going to want to do it, you know, whether it be like, I don't know, cooking or, or baking or something like that, which those courses can be extremely successful. You just have a lot of people doing it. So I would say for the person who's, who wants to create a course, really think of something within a niche. Even like, okay, say I'm really good at photography, but let's not make a course on just photography. Let's try to really kind of like drill down into maybe one aspect of photography. Like say, Hey, here's a course on how to just do lighting or here's a course on just, you know, I don't know enough about photography, but whatever that might be. So, you know, and whatever that, you know, same thing, like, you know, if you like shooting guns or whatever, instead of making a course on how to shoot guns, like maybe a course on like how to clean guns really, really well or, or whatever.
0: Well, Ari, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you a little bit and hearing about your story with, uh, with your online program Uh, In closing, why don't you just, uh, once again, share where everybody can find you online and also if there's anything else you want to share with the audience.
1: Cool, yeah, so you can, uh, the website is www.rad, like rad and tech, T-E-C-H and bootcamp.com. So uh, if you ever want to contact me, you can just, there's an email there or you can contact me directly at A-R-I at radtechbootcamp.com. You can find us on, uh, you know, all the socials, Facebook and all that good stuff, so. Thanks, Ari. Cool,
0: man. All right, that's going to do it for episode 40 of the Online Course Guy podcast. You can find all the detailed show notes at com slash 40. And don't forget to check out Bajoro and ClickFunnels. And I also have some new free training. It's a free online workshop at theonlinecourseguy.com. You're going to learn things like the only three things that you need to focus on to have a successful online course. And you're going to learn things like how to take your online course business and put it on autopilot. So, whether you're new to this stuff or you have an online course that just isn't reaching your goals, definitely check out that online web class. You can check it out right now at theonlinecourseguy.com. And definitely stay. Stay tuned to the next episode, episode 41, where I sat down with the owner and creator of Bonjoro and found out about his story. And it's really interesting because we didn't really talk a whole lot about Bonjoro. We talked a lot about customer relationships. And so stay tuned for that episode that's coming at you real, real soon.